We're building the best internet talk radio on the planet. I'm sorry, this is effective when? It's effective now. Talkzone.com You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Boy, one of the most important things for anybody on any path of self-awareness or spiritual path or spiritual lifestyle path, any way you want to put it, wanting to get yourself out of um, addictions or habits, uh, negativities in your life, any direction you want to look at it, one of the most fundamental key pieces is mindfulness. You know, another word for it is awareness. And the more you become aware, of course, the more that you see yourself more clearly, the more that you're able to see your behaviors while you're acting them out and even get to yourself to a point where you're seeing your behaviors before you act them out and make new choices about whether or not you want to do those behaviors and continue the negative cycle that you're in. Mindfulness, it's incredibly important. Mindfulness, awake aware conscious so how do we get ourselves more mindful and what are the values of being mindful is what we're going to talk about today with dr richard fields who's written a wonderful book awakening to mindfulness 10 steps for positive change how you doing richard i'm doing really well thanks for joining us today it's my pleasure and that was a really great introduction because it captures uh, the importance of mindfulness. So what are some of the values? Like uh, what do you score when you slow yourself down and start paying attention to yourself? Well, you, as you said, you end up making better decisions. Um, but probably the most important thing you can do is to focus on being in the now and um, not getting into the future too much, whether it's anxiety, depression, even Excitement, you know, we can get too much into the expectations that we have. And to be able to rest in uncertainty at times. So life is uncertain. It's not the past or the future. It's more the now that uh, takes you to where you want to go. Is that right? That's right. Because, you know, often if we, perfect example is uh, resentment. If you're really uh, angry with other people and, and have resentments or, have kind of a, a narrative that says, uh, you know, uh, I didn't get what I wanted because somebody else screwed me over or didn't, you know, didn't communicate or betrayed me. Um, the more you hang on to those things, the more you're in the past and you're not in the now of your life and then you won't be available for what's available in the now. So this uh, resentment, it's like you would tend to complain either in your mind or your behavior or your words you'd be you'd complain more uh instead of appreciate more exactly so you wouldn't then see the joy that is in your life and the freedom that you do have and 
and then you'd be distracted by that, uh, that, that complaining and, and the blaming, uh, the, the, the controlling, if you can, you know, or yeah. the, the want to control things that you may not be able to control, like the serenity prayer of AA. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it means that then you are not able to have compassion for others and compassion for yourself. So and you miss, miss out on things. Yeah, yeah. So in appreciation, you actually, in that action and uh, attitude, thought process, in appreciation, you naturally are opening doors for betterment. Exactly. You know, I also find that if you can stop dwelling on past and instead take a deeper look of what lessons that were there for you out of whatever that past was so that you can get clear about what you needed to see and learn and learn that, that that's a huge tool in being able to get complete and let go of it and stop having it own you today. Exactly. Um, there's, a, there's a great line by Sylvia Bornstein that I, I, I repeat over and over in counseling sessions and workshops and to myself. And that is, she said, uh, I'm the cause of my own suffering because of the habits of my mind. Well, if you have this habit of resentment or blame or, yeah. you know, criticism, maybe you grew up in a family system like I did where, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you had a lot of criticism. Uh, you know, you learn to be critical. And, you know, some of that's adaptive, but if you become critical, judgmental of, of situations and, and fearful and not open to, you know, what is really in the now and what the situation is. Yeah. No, I was born in a perfect family. <laughs> yeah, I never experienced any no of problems. Stuff. Yeah. Just handle. Yeah, there's three of those families in the United States. <laughs> um, we are with today Dr. Richard Fields, who has written the excellent book "Awakening to Mindfulness: Ten Steps for Positive Change." The other day, uh, Richard, when I was looking through the book to prepare it for today. Great book, huh, Charmaine? Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, Keith and I have offices in two corners of the house, so I called him on our intercom and told him this joke that's in on your page 33. So this is clearly a, a little comic that's set in the bookstore, and under one section it's called the self-help, and under the other section it's called blame others. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, in our two offices in two different parts of the house, if Charmé comes into my office and causes me a problem, I say, go to your office. <laughs> you know, this is so um, important, though. You make light of it in the joke, but, you know, we're either uh, taking responsibility for our lives or we're blaming others, and blaming others is a victim role, which is difficult to climb out of, and taking responsibility is a proactive role where we can take a look at ourselves and then use that to go forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, one is solving solution-oriented, and the other one, like blaming, nothing ever gets solved if you're blaming or excusing. You just yeah, sort of and... And then you, 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 you uh, John Gottman talked about the four horsemen of the, of, of the apocalypse of relationships, and he was looking at marital relationships. And some of the things that he saw were couples that were more critical of each other 
um, didn't like each other as much and had a much higher divorce rate. Yeah. So if they were more critical, if they were defensive, you know, uh, or distracting, but mainly defensive. Well, defensive, and, defensive. You don't let the other person complete, and you don't hear it. So you, it's almost like you keep batting it away. Yeah, yeah, and then the other person has this kind of feeling that that something's not right, um, and you know, and it, it gets argumentative rather than recognizing that they're not being understood. Yeah, and that's you know, that's when you don't feel understood, you don't you know, you don't feel close. Right. You know, especially with adolescents or young adults and their parents and. Uh, if you don't feel understood, so some of the things that adolescents come up with are pretty bizarre um, because they're not that experienced. Um, but as a parent, if you can say, yeah, I, I think uh, running away to Tahiti and sailing, you know, for your entire senior year might be a good idea uh, instead of graduating, you know. But uh, that's just, you know, recognizing what it is and what the struggle is. Yeah. So... Critical, defensive, the four horsemen, or the four... The critical, defensive, and then uh, contemptuous, and that's usually nonverbal. Um, you know, like someone who, like, rolls their eyes, and you know, and maybe their wife's talking about something and yeah. they go on too long, you know, that, oh, my God, you know, yeah. and essentially giving the other person that they're impatient with them or they're, yeah. they're boring or whatever it might be. I know I get uh, little streaks of contempt... You know, like they'll go for, on a really bad day, might be for uh, 15 seconds, and then it's over. Yeah. So I, I make sure and chase those out of me, but I notice every now and then a few things uh, bring up a little contempt. You know, I could be really tired, or, you know, one of my old judgments comes up, and I, you just got to keep chasing them out and, you know, keeping yourself balanced. Here yeah. I was going to say that never happens in our house. <laughs> 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 go, go ahead, Richard. You were going to say that's, something. That's when you tell him to go to his office. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I guess the other one's denial. <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. that's right. So, you know, so we have um, the four horsemen. The first one is, you know, the sense of being critical mm-hmm. uh, and then defensive. And uh, and then the third one. Um, contempt. Con- contempt. And then the fourth one is the real interesting one. That's withdrawal or shutting down and isolating and, and disconnecting. You're going to punish the other person yeah. by uh, withdrawing from them and you know, not being close. Yeah. So, so those are the four horsemen, the horsemen of the apocalypse, which is like death, right? Right. It kills marriages or relationships. Exactly. So it, it has some relationship. The relationship is, that's not what, that's, what you don't want to do. What you do want to do, and this is mindfulness, is be compassionate towards your partner, towards your family members, towards people in general. And if you're compassionate, one way to look at it is everyone's struggling. They're struggling with their self-confidence. They're struggling with, you know, just life situations. So if you can have compassion that, you know, that's their struggle. So, and, so I, you know, I would say uh, maybe patience goes with compassionate. Well, that's a, that's a big one, uh, and I have trouble with that one. Uh, originally being from New York, I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> that kind of let's see what kind of personality is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People in Seattle uh, think I drive a little aggressively, and I'm wondering why they're so you know passive. 
You, you, um, do you tell them I'm passive aggressive aggressively? <laughs> no, no, they, I don't know. We never get to that discussion. It's usually the hunking of horn. <laughs> so, but uh, this sense of having compassion for other people and uh, their struggle in life, and the next one, which is the second step of uh, positive change, is having compassion for yourself. And you know, nothing is permanent, and having a more optimistic view of yourself and recognizing that, you know, most things are temporary. And that's when we t- I talk in the book about the difference between optimism and pessimism, which I think is pretty interesting. Is there, see, I think uh, we need to be hard on ourselves, but then there's too hard and then there's too light on yourself. Is there like a balance in there? Well, you know, I would sort of disagree with you. I don't think we need to be hard on ourselves. It doesn't do us any good to be hard on ourselves, I think we have to recognize uh, what delusion we were in and what mental state and emotional state, maybe physical state. So I talk about halts, that it's a mnemonic we use uh, actually in alcohol recovery, that most people are prone to relapse when they're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick. So you mentioned earlier, you know, you're in a vulnerable state. You might become contemptuous. And to recognize, oh, I'm being contemptuous. Uh, You're aware of what you're doing. And instead of continuing it, you can then look at it, not necessarily judge it, but just recognize that, oh, I'm in a vulnerable state and uh, uh, I'm making some bad decisions because of that. So maybe I shouldn't, should take a nap or take a break and, and slow this thing down. When we come back, let's talk about how we change a pattern. Let's say that you always do something that really takes you down. How do we change it? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. Okay, we'll work on that. When we come back from break, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Sharma Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Thanks for being with us today. Our guest is Dr. Richard Fields. He's written a book called Awakening to Mindfulness, 10 Steps for Positive Change. I'll tell you, if you want to improve your life, mindfulness is a foundational piece. Stay with us. We've got more. Ever wonder what a spiritual path is? Maybe you're on one right now. Take Mastering Ourselves host Keith and Charme Amber's free quiz. Find it if you're on a spiritual path. Find out at www.masteringourselves.com. You'll be amazed at all the nooks and crannies that make up a spiritual path. Keith and Charme Amber specialize in delivering unique, usable, and easy-to-understand, life-transforming information that can bring you inner freedom and peace. Check out Mastering Ourselves. Go to www.masteringourselves.com. Don't forget to take the free quiz. Jumpstart your spiritual path today. 